I'm Ryan Dowdy, sales coach and revenue mentor for service-based female entrepreneurs. And we are here on the Uncensored Selling Podcast with our fabulous guest, Aaron Folk, who is the owner of Lillian James Creative, a social media company uh, in Kansas City and um, salesperson turned entrepreneur. All right, Aaron, uh, super excited to have you as my very first guest on the Uncensored Selling Podcast. So tell us about you, your business, and your entrepreneurial journey. Well, I'm super excited to be your first guest. So my name's Aaron Folk, and I own Lillian James Creative. So we are a media company out of Kansas City, and we are about two and a half years old. Got here after years and years of running sales teams. So eventually... Looked up one day, I was running sales, a sales team for a different agency, and I was selling, selling, selling a lot, and I uh, said, hey, I'm the only one here carrying these 40 salaries. Why don't I do this on my own? So that's what I did. That's awesome. Yeah. What was, what was the driving force? Was it because you wanted to create something specific as far as culture, you wanted to do something different, or just the financial freedom piece you were chasing? Um, so I have, I was a single mom at that point. I was a single mom for about 12 years. And so I think I've always been entrepreneurial. And that's what I liked about sales is because you really get to usually um, define that journey in sales. Sure. For, for all the sales, outside sales roles I was in, I was able to kind of define that. So it's almost like I had my own business within a business. Um, so I think I had that in me. I had done such a good job using social media to help me with sales that the URL for Lillian James Creative I had purchased years before, but just a little scary to go start your own business as a single mom. So I eventually, um, a, a large company came to me and said, hey, we want to chat, that company being Nike. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, we see the social that you're doing. We want to chat. Heard you want to start your own business. We want to chat with what would be that entity of that business. And it allowed me to go start this business because I'm in sales and I had grown such a good uh, social following through my sales. I posted it on my LinkedIn and then within that first month had enough clients to pay my bills. That's so exciting. Yeah. What's been the biggest challenge in growing your business? Oh God, that list is way, way longer than starting it right. Um, I think that I knew one aspect. I knew sales, mm-hmm. right? So I think sales is so important to a business. And before I started this, I would have said it was the most important part of a business because mm-hmm. uh, I just went through the scale-up program in Kansas City, and their number one rule was no money, no business, no clients, no business, mm-hmm. which is true. And so you have to have some sort of sales. Like I've had a ton of friends that had like a skill, but they weren't. They had no sales ability. They didn't want to talk to people. They didn't want to answer the phone. So they end up working for someone else. For me, I didn't realize how also important the operations piece played. I knew it played into my sales because it would get very frustrating, especially at my last agency, when clients were leaving and leaving because that directly affected my income. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't realize is, hey, why were those clients leaving? Well, because they're the operations wasn't running correctly, the processes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I effing hate, am I allowed to say that on your new podcast? Absolutely. Okay. I effing hated the word processes before I started a business. Like, what? even when in sales, like when my sales team, I was like, just do it. Just da, 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 da. If, I, if someone analytical ever were to be on my sales team, which I tried to avoid, and they wanted to know processes, I'm like, just sink or swim. That's how we do it around here. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Until I had to do the process side of the business, like the operations, which needed the process. And to tell you the truth, I just now brought in a true operations manager that's helping me define those processes really well around here. Um, 
because it was chaotic. To me, I thought it was going great because that's just how I function as a salesperson. But as the operational team, it was a little chaotic. So uh, probably anything with operations Mm -hmm. has been the most challenging. And that includes hiring for operational people. Yeah, absolutely. I think hiring in general, even hiring salespeople. Yeah. See, I've hired salespeople for 15 years. Sure. So I think that I, I have that down. Da- Not that it's perfect, right? But I get sure. it. Like, you either sell or you don't. It's a pretty easy line. Like, here's your goal. Make it or don't. Mm-hmm. Operational people, especially creatives, is a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I knew that going in. So we've had a little bit of turnover. We are in the best place we've ever been. But mm-hmm. it took a few hard lessons to get here. Sure. I mean, so is, so is the road of most entrepreneurs. So you take a different approach. So a lot of the clients that I work with are coming from the opposite perspective of, I have an incredible skill, just like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. but I don't have the sales background. I don't know how to go get clients, um, which is really what my business was born out of. So coming from a sales background, that was, that was step one was go get the clients, correct? With no. Oh yeah. So I use sales for everything at the very first. So we, I set up a desk in my garage mm-hmm. because I'm not a person that can work from home, right? So I thought if I go to my garage, that'll help with that. I know, it's weird. Uh, and so that was my office. And I immediately, so I started my business in the summer so that I didn't have to pay daycare and that would be a little bit of money I could save. And so my daughter's grandmother, I said, here's the deal. If I have to go to events or meetings, could you just help me out this summer and watch her? Because they live right down the street. She said, absolutely. So the very first, I didn't even think about it, but the very first thing I did, first I set up our social media, mm-hmm. like the day I quit my old job. And then the next day I sat down and I said, I'm going to all of these networking events. I found every free networking event I could go to. And I just started going to them, setting sales appointments. And at that point, I didn't have any office space. So setting sales appointments, going out, Um, I had nothing, nothing to show. I was literally selling on passion alone. And like I said, within that first month, we had enough clients. And then I realized, okay, this is going to take forever to grow if I keep going to all these people. And now I got to talk to them about their work. So they're going to want to have meetings. It's going to be real weird if they start coming to my garage. (laughs) (laughs) So then I took a day and I was like, (laughs) I have this extreme belief that everyone will come to the street where we're on Shawnee Mission Parkway in yes. Kansas City. It's like the center of the city. People want us to be downtown and cool, but everybody it's comes to Shawnee Mission Parkway. It's not the center of the city, for the record. It is, but uh, <laughs> but everybody will come here. So you just say that because you live way out in the middle of nowhere. It's <laughs> not true. It's the center of the city. It's 10 minutes down from my house. 360,000 cars go down the street every day at mm-hmm. rush hour, okay? Fair so, And it's not a highway. It's just a street. So I, in my mind, I've built up Shawnee Mission Parkway where I wanted an office. So I called, <laughs> this is so weird. I called every office space available on Craigslist on Shawnee Mission Parkway and set an appointment on one day. I was like, you have one day to make this happen. Set an appointment on every single one of those. And I went to every single one of them, including one where somebody was shot and they hadn't replaced the carpet over there. <laughs> but I mean, that didn't work out. I really thought that might be the one that said yes, but they even said no. <laughs> I asked every single one of these people. I sold myself. I said, here's what I'm doing. Da, 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 da. I'd love to do f- social media. Craigslist isn't gonna, You're not going to be able to stay on Craigslist and continue to get clients much longer. How about I do your social media? You give me free office space. Mm-hmm. They all said no. Yeah. So um, I used my sales skills to follow up the following week mm-hmm. and just decided to call back through them, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs, if they don't have that sales thing, would have never done. So I called back through 
no after no after no until finally the guy that used to own this building, um, he's now sold it. I think it's because of his social media. But he said, uh, God, I can't get you out of my mind. The fact that you're even following up. He's like, I just, I needed to make make it work. I said, well, what's your biggest pain point? He's like, that I have to go over there and show the, the stupid office spaces. Like he was trying to retire and this place just kept building up and building up. And it's kind of a turnover place because it's small offices. So as businesses, I said, well, what if we do this? I was in property management for a long time. What if I show the places too and I do your social media? And so he ended up giving us twice as much office space for free than I even needed because I, again, found his pain point and was able to sell that. So, yeah. So sales played a lot into my first year. Absolutely. So now you have a team. Of, how big is your team at this point? I think we're 12 or 13. I okay. So when it was... Pretty much just you, mm-hmm. um, and maybe an operations person or two. I think you had a web developer early on, yeah. and some other some other people. Um, what what was that first step? Once it was like, okay, the revenue will support me. Yeah. Then what? So I started with a business partner. A lot of people don't know that. So I started with a business partner okay. because I believe she was the operations piece to this puzzle because I knew I didn't know operations. Um, what I didn't know, she had a really great manager that made it look like she knew a lot more than she did. And her and I are still really cool to this day. But she came to me and she's like, I don't want to do it. I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't want to be running a team. We're growing way faster. I thought this would just be kind of like, oh, I can work here and there. Sure. And that's not what it was. And so I ended up buying her out for way more than the company was worth then. Now it looks like I got a steal of a deal. But uh, so I think in my head it was, I'll do sales. She'll run that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll live my best life. That's not what it was. It was like, I'll do sales. Oh, F, now I'm going to have to do operations. Now I'm going to have to figure out all of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was very lucky that I had a girl, Katie, you know, Katie, mm-hmm. she's our uh, director of sales. She came to me and wanted to work here. She'd been following our company, learned about it. And she wanted to work and we had no money, um, but I could offer a commission only sales role. So I talked her into it. Uh, she had no sales experience. I was very lucky that she was a sponge. Mm-hmm. So I spent about four weeks with her and she took off. She really carried our sales end and let me figure out the operation side, which mm-hmm. was a huge blessing. That's fantastic. Uh, so let's talk about some entrepreneurs. Cause like I said, a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with are, are not sales focused like yeah. you or I, what advice would you give that entrepreneur that believes that they're not just, they're not a salesperson. Oh. I hear that all the time, right? I'm, I'm just not a salesperson. Yeah. Sales is not my thing. What advice would you give? Oh, I have the best advice because <laughs> Yesterday was the day that school got canceled. So I don't know when people will be listening to this, but it was like five degrees outside. Mm -hmm. And so my husband has a handyman business and he's very skilled, but he has 0% sales. You know this. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's driving me so freaking crazy. So he ended up, I don't know, he didn't end up having his job because something fell through and he didn't really have a pipeline to go back through. And I said, hey. Here's the thing. I've been trying to stay out of your business, which is hard for me anyways. Sure. Um, But can you show me how you are keeping your stuff? Do you have an email list so we can send out emails? And it literally was paper, 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 just notebooks everywhere, which is whatever. So I get he's not a salesperson. I know it's not comfortable for him to pick up the phone. We ended up... um, getting him a CRM that I've used previously that's just very, very simple. And we ended up coming up with the process of here's what happens, this is what happens. You put in the activity to call. And if you're if it comes to you every day and you know you have to call these people, 
then you just have to do it. And I think it's if it's something that you put in place of this is what has to happen before my day ends, for him at least, it'll make it happen versus he's thinking I should call those people, mm-hmm. right? And then before you know, because it's uncomfortable, you don't do it for two or three weeks. So we put in a whole process and then, um, you know, I couldn't just stop there. So then we did the whole, we'd set up a whole email funnel and stuff like that. But just that CRM alone or having a process. So the girl that hated processes. I was I was getting there. I'm going to let you finish first. <laughs> um, what, so what I didn't realize until then, I guess, or until this conversation is that I have always had a sales process. Of course you right? Um, because I've always been really good with CRMs. Mm-hmm. So I've always liked really simple CRMs, but I've always had that in there. So when we go in... Um, to to do this, we set it up and I said, okay, tell me what what your steps are, right? Lead, to quote, to book the job, to do the job, to collect money, and whatever else in between. So I write that out real quick and he's like, it's taking him forever to tell me what the next step is. I'm like, but then what happens? But then what happens? I just have always known, because right. I'm quick, we're mm-hmm. very, very opposite. So once we set that down, he's like, yeah, that's about right. I'm like, okay, now you just follow this process. So I didn't really realize I had a process. I said I hated processes, but I've always just had that process. Mm-hmm. So All of the entrepreneurs I work with are very similar. Yeah. I don't have a sales process, but I want to hire a salesperson and yada, yada, yada. And it's the same thing. You're doing it. Yeah. You're making money today, so you're doing it. Um, it just it does need to be written down and repeatable if, A, you don't always want to be the person selling, or, B, you want to... Or if you're uncomfortable with selling and you're like, okay, what do I do next? Like in Mark's situation, what do I do next? What do I do next? You know, your process will always tell you that. And I think that's, that's really great advice. Um, As far as learning sales skills, are you a believer that people who aren't inherently salespeople can learn sales skills? Uh, I didn't send you that question ahead of time. <laughs> no, and the the reason that I make that weird noise that I just made was because I don't, this is the thing. I used to say, absolutely not. So here's the deal. You're either a salesperson or you're not, right? So we just hired Jordan, who you know, mm-hmm. who Jordan on the little test that we give comes up Aaron Folk. Like she yeah. is Aaron Folk to a T. Um Katie, my director of sales, who's been killing it, and I accredit a ton of our growth to Katie, is 100% opposite Mm -hmm. me on that scale, right? So I'm a north, move fast, go, 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 close, I need a now, da, da, da. Katie is a very empathetic, very weighted out, I really want to, you know, develop this relationship type thing. So I used to say before I knew Katie, nope, you're either a salesperson or you're not. Now, I honestly believe, but Katie's also, she wants to learn, right? right? So I think you have to have that thing where you want to learn. Katie is a, I don't think product knowledge is enough. I used to work for Pella Windows, and they send you on this fabulous vacation to Pella, Iowa for three and a half weeks in February. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Yeah, it was nice, guys. Uh, Funny thing is, I still have friends from it, because when you're stuck in Pella, Iowa for three and a half weeks, mm, you make friends. Um, But... It was just pure product training because they had so many products. Mm-hmm. Product, I don't think that kind of learning sure. can make a salesperson. Like just product, 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 product. Right. Um, I think learning at why people say yes to things like Katie's done. Like she reads books. I think she assigns books to Jordan um, where it's like learning about like understanding the relationship, mm-hmm. the sales part of the relationship. I think that kind of learning can make a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that person has to know though – they have to be willing to pick up the phone mm-hmm. 
answer the phone, even if it's uncomfortable. I hate nothing. Like the one thing I love about Katie is that it doesn't matter what we're doing internally. If it's a client calling, as long as she's not with another client, she's like, I'll be right back. Right. Because she understands that is the time right then that they're calling, Mm -hmm. that they want to talk. And she'll always say, is it okay to make sure that it's not disrespectful for whatever we're doing? But I've had very few salespeople in my life say, oh, they're like, oh, so-and-so's calling. I'll call back. No. Because right. they're on to the next thing. So I think it can be learned if it's more the relationship stuff, I don't necessarily the product. Is that a good answer? Does that no, make sense? It, it makes perfect sense. I'm a okay. believer that it can be taught, um, that people can learn sales skills, because I do believe that sales are relationship building mm-hmm. and being empathetic and being a good listener. And the part that most people are uncomfortable with is the cold outreach part that you were just talking yeah. about. And if you can find a way to do that in a way that's comfortable to you, if you can find a talk track that you're comfortable with or a way to connect that doesn't feel overly aggressive or in a way that makes you personally, you or I both same thing, pick up the phone and get stuff done. I understand not everyone feels that way, but I think you can teach somebody a way that feels good to them. Um, and that helps bring people into their, their network, their ecosystem. Then they can start conversations and building that relationship. And it all goes back to the no like, and trust factor. So, um, I think that's really great feedback and and interesting that it is client first, um, yeah, which is hard to do when you're a doer, right? If you're yeah. if you have a copywriting business and that's what you do, you're like, I'm really great at copy. I don't really want to take that call right now. Yeah. But it's like, well, one of the things I remember from Pella. So Pella was probably my least favorite job ever because it was legitimately going into people's houses and talking them into fifty thousand dollar windows. Okay, so one year in people's houses, which is not comfortable. Um, but. I was only there a year, but one of the things that I remember that was it just sticks with me, and I think I tell this to all my salespeople, is there. So there were two sides. I was on the retail side, which was the newer side, and then the like commercial side was like the older guys that had been there forever that sure. were making money on their books of business, right? So not necessarily a hard a hard um, sales process at that point because sure. they were commercial. They're just boy sales, I like to call it. Anyways, I remember... <laughs> we have to dig into that another day. <laughs> um, I remember this guy, he'd been there for like 25 years. So he literally would sit back in a chair. It looked like he didn't do anything all day. Super nice guy. But I remember he finally had a new guy because there wasn't much turnover on that side. And I heard him screaming at the new guy, screaming, get the F out of my office, you F and da 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 And I'm like, what the f- is going on up there? That is not him. Essentially what he did is this guy said, I just can't, I'm scared to pick up the phone. I don't think he said scared, but whatever. And sure. He said, and he yelled at him. And then he said, that's 10 times worse than anything you're ever going to get. Right? <laughs> I guess a little, little trial by fire there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like even picking up, even if it's uncomfortable, the worst someone's going to do probably is hang up the phone on sure. you. Fine. Whatever. On to the next. Right? Mm-hmm. Not, it's not even in person. So it's not even like they shut the door. In person, they would never do that. Right? Right. But... It's just really not that bad. And I think that oh, I always think of that. Like, it, you make it up to be so much tougher in your head than it actually is. Sure. People have asked me that question countless times because yeah. you know that i am been really, um, what's the word? I guess it's just terrified in my business to really just go full force and 100% commit to being a business owner. Um, and I tell you all the time that I'm terrified to do that. And people ask me repeatedly, like, what's the worst thing that happens? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, it's really, you know, we're not going to starve. We're not going to be out on the street. We're not yeah. going to, you know, not have a place to live if this dream doesn't work for me. Um, and so it's true, like very worst case scenario, you know, if that's, if that's something that motivates you, if worst thing that happens is I pick up this phone or I send this email or, you know, I message somebody and, tell them, Hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And they ignore you or say no to you. Like 
say lovey, let's move on. So I think that's great advice. So aside from sales, I mean, we've, we've monopolized this with sales, but um, the entrepreneurs and people that I have the amazing opportunity to work with are growing full businesses and they're typically solopreneurs mm-hmm. trying to figure it out on their own. Aside from sales, what do you think is, is the most important part of growing a business? Like think of the early days. Cause I know you're, you have a big team and that's been a big yeah. part of yours is, is hiring the right people. Um, but before you even got to that point, like, okay, we've sold stuff now. So then is it fulfillment is the second most important part or what does that look like for you? Correct expectations. I love that. Yeah. Because, um, I sold different when we first started than we sell now. So at first, I was just trying to, I wanted to be a social media company. So fun fact, we started out as a social media company. Right. Social media changed so quickly with us that it, um, quickly we became a full service marketing company. And on February 14th, so I don't know when this is going live, so you might be the first to know or you might be the last to know. We are announcing our rebranding as a social media company, right? Okay. So what I did is I got in and I said, okay, well, yeah, we can do that just to get clients. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. And then I set all these huge expectations, which we could do, but you can't do everything awesome. I think we need to have all of these roles to do awesome social media. Mm -hmm. So where we were building websites as of in February, we're not going to be doing that anymore. We can maintain them. We can... For blog, we'll still build blog sites and stuff like that. But I don't want to be a website company. That's not why I started this. But I just kept saying yes to everything and then learned that wasn't making us better. We need to be known for one. And we are known. We're known to do awesome social media content and ads. And that's where we're going back to, which is kind of funny because it's full circle. Sure. That's a great example because, again, I see that a lot in the online space in particular with entrepreneurs. Is somebody says, I want to be a copywriter and I want to write copy for all the people. And it's like it doesn't. That is not going to help you to have this cast this giant net. Yeah. Like, do you want to be a copywriter for coaches? Do you want to be a copywriter for, you know, plumbing businesses? Do you want to be like the, the more specific you can be? So I think that's one thing you said in there that the, the niching down, the finding out who you serve and what you want to be known for, and the second of all is is managing the expectations when people say yes. What does this look like? What are you going to get from me? How are we going to work together? Yeah. Um, and then what kind of results you can expect? So. And the salesperson in me believes that those are both very sales-driven things. Um, Because, again, we've got to sell it, and we've got to fulfill it, but then we've got to sell it to somebody specific. And like I said, if you're going out in the world and saying we can be everything to everyone, um, you become less of an expert, and people will go find somebody who's like, I want somebody who knows me and my business. So I went through that scale-up class. Yes. And uh, that guy, what's that guy's name that you really, really liked that made me cry? Grant Gooding. Grant Gooding. (laughs) Grant Gooding came in and did a thing about how you have to, and I was like cocky as could be, and I was like, but we, but we do this, and he's like, but that says nothing, but we do this, and that still means nothing, and I literally ended up leaving and crying, and then I was like, he's why am I crying over a speaker? But it was because he was right because we were trying to do this too big of this net, and although it worked for a minute, it's sure. not going to continue to work, right? right? Hmm. So, and absolutely. Now you, and now you're best friends with him. <laughs> we are friends. We went to happy hour together <laughs> last week. Happy hour is not as fun these days as it once was, um, but we did. Uh, and, and what they do is, is really cool. I haven't seen him since I cried. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to fix that. Okay. So, Erin, um, any final thoughts for? Uh, and again, my audience that that I spend a lot of time with are newer to business. Um, I would mm-hmm. say they are in their first few years. Um, many of them growing businesses alongside full time jobs, trying to figure out. Am I ready, willing, and able to go full-time in entrepreneurship? Any final advice or thoughts you want to leave those people? Well, my first thought is maybe if they see you go full-time, 
<laughs> That'd be a really good example. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, and alongside, like, it's not, there is nothing scary in the world than starting a business with two kids by yourself and no extra income. Sure. Right? I got a bartending job. Yeah. To at a Mexican restaurant, which is not great money, right? Because a lot of people come for chips and salsa. So because like, it's free, because it's free. <laughs> like that was my plan B. So like if I did it, other people can definitely do it. So including you, awesome. I'm very blessed to have a, a full time job that I actually really enjoy and a team of people <laughs> that I really love. Um, and so I, some of it's emotional for me yeah. as well. It's just, I, I'm fortunate to not have a job that I hate, that I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to work there. Um, I just have been apparently blessed with being multi-passionate. Isn't that the mm-hmm. word that they use? Multi-passionate? I don't know. So um, <laughs> I have a lot of things in life that I'm passionate about, empowering women to embrace their sales skills, um, training and coaching a sales team of people. So I, I'm fortunate in that respect, but we, your, your feelings are noted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> write those down. <laughs> Thank you for being here today on the Uncensored Selling Podcast with Ryan Dowdy. If you want more information, if you are learning to master sales, join us on Facebook in the Sales Skills for Women in Business Facebook group. You can also visit us at uncensoredconsulting.com. And I also spend a ton of time on LinkedIn. So I'm Ryan with two N's, Dowdy, um, and would love to connect with you and help you master your sales skills.